This is the first Christmas Mass that I've celebrated in the United States in 18 years. I've been in every year in Peru celebrating Christmas Mass there in places there was no electricity, no water, where the big Christmas celebration of the people in this slum were just a glass of water until we got there and a little bit of sugar. Or in the Amazon jungle where the heat could be 118 degrees and you're dressed like this. <laughs> so it's a joy to be here and the Lord has granted me this and I, wouldn't, I should be there or should I say he hasn't allowed me because I had a heart attack in September 29th, the Feast of the Archangels. I also had COVID before that, and my oldest brother died. It's been a very good year. And I don't say that mockingly or joking, because God's will has been done, and my brother, Frank, was saved in the nick of time. I have no sadness over his death. But all I can do is sing in thanksgiving for his salvation. And because of the coming of Jesus over 2,000 years ago and what he did on the cross is what gives me that joy and that hope in every circumstance. I've also been kidnapped and almost executed. And I've seen the work of our Lord and Savior. And it began 2,000 years ago. But God had to prepare the ground. God had to prepare many hearts for many centuries. And most of our life is a preparation for his arrivals. In fact, although he came 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, he continuously comes and will not cease to come for you and for me. In fact, his very name, and you'll find this in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 14, when he told Moses his name, in the Greek, ego aimi, I am. The rabbis translated that to mean, I am here for you. I am here for you. I am here for you. So his very presence, his very name is on our behalf, on behalf of in you and me. He's in your corner and mine. The question is, what have we done with his real presence? If you've been baptized, you have the Trinity, and I have the Trinity in me. And what, we ha what have we allowed that victory, every blood, every drop of blood poured out on the cross 2,000 years ago. Has it touched you? Has it changed your life? Are you any different? Because this Jesus who came over 2,000 years ago, who I am so privileged and honored, and I don't deserve to be so happy to be a priest, I have seen him do what he did 2,000 years ago, heal the blind, Lift those who are in wheelchairs, quadriplegic, healed. Remove tumors. Heal people from cancer. 
Literally, with all the issues of LGBTQ, I've seen the Lord heal and deliver people from that stuff. Jesus is alive. He's very much alive. And he's always coming. The question is, do you and I really know it? I know this is a very special parish. I am blown away. And one of the greatest signs of spiritual health in a person's spiritual life that they are preparing well for eternity is that they are well aware of their sin. I've never seen lines of confession like I have here at St. Peter's. I even have to arrive 20 minutes early to hear confessions. And when I leave, the, the line is longer than when I arrived. It's like, wow. You want to talk about a thermometer of spiritual health. It's beautiful. But at the same time, I also know that some of us maybe haven't been to confession since Adam and Eve. Now let's see the gospel. Who came to the baby shower of Jesus? Because the gospel has to do with shepherds. And shepherds did not have a good reputation in those days. In fact, it was said that if shepherds were the only ones who witnessed a the crime, they didn't even take their testimony into account. They had such bad reputation. So these shepherds were known to be very serious sinners. Thieves. How about the Magi? The Magi were those involved in the black arts and stuff of the occult. Yes, they were seeking the truth, but in the wrong way. So two out of two, the Lord called to his baby shower those that had great obstacles to him. What we learn is that from the wood of the manger, since he was an infant, could not even talk. He's already reaching out to sinners. Those who have lost their way, who have to, as they says in the first reading from Isaiah chapter 9, those in darkness have seen a great light. And the time has to come in your life and in mine. It happened for me in 1980, where in our darkness we have to see because God is shining and we have to desire something different than what this world can offer. In fact, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11 says, that God has put into your heart and in my heart, in our DNA, he's put a longing for the infinite. In other words, no person, no place, nothing can fill it. And I've said this many times, and even Hollywood knows about this desire for someone that finally comes and makes the day better. It's stronger than our diseases. It's stronger than COVID. It's stronger than our problems and our tears. And they invent them. They're called superheroes. But Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man, and all the mans you want to say, they don't exist. But it does show something about the human heart. We need someone to make it all better. We need someone to give us security. We need someone to save us. But we, who are Catholic Christians, believe that has been answered. The cry of the human heart has been answered. And his name is Jesus Christ, and there's no one else. I have seen the Lord literally 
before someone's about to die that up to that moment has been shaking his head, not wanting to repent. And I want to include someone else who's part of what St. John Paul II would call the earthly trinity. Joseph, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, the earthly trinity. When I called upon Our Lady because that man who was about to die, he had 14 bullets in him and this was in the Amazon. He kept shaking his head, did not want to repent. And I kept begging him, if you do not repent, you will go to hell. And I know two priests that have been in hell. One was taken there in a life, in a near-death life experience. He died for half an hour. And the other one was taken praying before the Blessed Sacrament. In fact, this priest that I know, because I give retreats to priests all over the world, this priest has been in hell. He's also been to heaven and purgatory. He's been there three times to hell. And this young man, who was the head of a gang in the prison, was about to die, and he would have gone to hell. And hell is real. But God ultimately is reality. And sin is a lie. What sin offers, what the devil offers, is a lie. It's an illusion. It never fills the human heart. The human nature has something very interesting about us, our human nature. If we're not stuffed with God, we will not stand it. It will be unbearable. And you and I will look for anything, any person, anything. Some video games, some money, some... And their children here, I won't say. But you know what I'm talking about. But we have to fill it with something. But nothing but Jesus Christ and what, he, what is his perfect will for you can ultimately fill you. And I saw that so clearly in these poor that I mentioned at the very beginning. No water, no existry, but each of them came with their Bibles to Mass. When I lifted up the host, I'll never forget the silence in that slum. You could hear a pin drop. They knew who just came. They knew because they had nothing else to support them. But that's the truth for all of us. We have nothing else, no one else. His name, I am here for you. So he will not be wrapped in swaddling clothes tonight, but he will be wrapped in the appearance of bread. He will not be in a manger, but he will be on an altar manger. He keeps coming. He keeps coming for you. And the time has to come in your life and you cannot say no forever. And he will not take competition with your heart. He is very patient with our weakness. He understands it. He understands our wounds. He had a human heart. But there's one thing he will not accept is a heart divided that prefers anything other than him. So if you're a sinner, so am I. The saints are sinners. The Magi were sinners. The shepherds were sinners. We're all invited tonight. But I do pray that tonight, and I've already asked my angels, and I have a whole group of them, to speak to your angels. In fact, I've already asked the angels that were there who sang glory to God in the highest and peace to people of goodwill. I've asked those angels 
to speak to your angels. So your angels are about to work in you. And I've asked them one thing. Do not let one drop of Jesus be shed in vain. May it be efficacious. And may you and I begin to experience not his coming, which today we commemorate 2,000 years ago, but that you realize he's right in front of you, behind you, above you, below you, everywhere around you. But that can only happen when we bend our knees in adoration. And I want to recommend this. Go to the Adoration Chapel. It's right here. If you go to the Adoration Chapel, heaven will arrive and you will be another human being. Finally, the gospel speaks about glory to God in the highest and peace to people of goodwill. Those who have a docility, who say to God, change me. I give you permission to change me and are willing to be transformed. To those, you will have peace. To those, heaven will arrive. To those, Jesus Christ will reign in your life and in mine. Can we bow our heads now for a moment, please? I want to ask Our Lady to pronounce your name to Jesus tonight. Your children, your grandchildren. And I want to ask Our Lady not just to pronounce your name, but to take every one of your needs to Jesus Christ. And I do ask that you and I that you will have an encounter with Jesus Christ. That this isn't just a night that you, that you and I dress beautifully, and that's nice. But that you and I will encounter Jesus Christ, and you will never be again the same. The Lord is coming, has come, and continues to come for you all the time, in so many ways. May it be done according to the Father's eternal plan in your life and in my life. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.